Hey, and welcome to the Humanity Church Podcast. So excited that you're here. We hope that you enjoy this week's talk and it really connects to your life in a meaningful way. If you're live in the Pomona area, we would love to have you at one of our gatherings at 10 a.m. or at one of our humanity groups that meet all throughout the week all over the city. If you want more information about our community, you can go to www.humanitychurch.com or download our app on your phone on Apple or Android. If you like what you're hearing here and want to continue to support the ongoing work at Humanity, you can text the word Humanity Church, one word, to 77977 and give back financially in just about 10 seconds. Hey, and here's this week's talk that was given live at our Sunday gathering at Humanity Church. Hey, this is Pastor Nathan, and before we jump into today's podcast, I wanted to let you know that Humanity Church is looking for a new home, specifically for our Sunday morning gatherings. And so we as a community, we've been given 90 days to vacate our current property, and our last Sunday at the Castle at 360 West 3rd Street will be October 1st, 2021. And we currently really don't know where we're headed, but we do know that God is up to something really big. So we're taking 21 days to pray and fast as a community, and we're going to invite you to do the same along with us. Fasting is simply giving up something that we want and need and replacing that time and allowing those urges to remind us to pray. And so we're going to be praying specifically for breakthrough in our own spiritual journeys, but also that God would provide miraculously a home for our community. We believe that God is doing something incredible in and through Humanity Church, and we know that He wants to continue doing that. We just don't know where right now. So would you join us in praying and fasting? I'm also going to invite you that if you are joining us in this season of prayer and fasting, to let us know. You can go on the Humanity Church app and click on prayer, and from there you can just let us know what you're fasting from, what you're fasting for, and anything else you want to let us know as a team. We're so excited for what God has been doing, is doing, and is going to continue doing through Humanity Church. So hey, here's this week's talk. We are starting a brand new series called Passages that's going to run for the next few weeks through the summer. And every Sunday, you're going to have the opportunity to hear from two communicators. These are going to be like TED Talks, all right? And so uh, I know sometimes it's, it's like a lot to have a, like a 35, 40-minute talk all at you. So over the next few weeks, here's what's going to happen. You're going to have the opportunity to hear from one of our communicators for about 12 minutes. Then we're going to have some time where you're going to be able to uh, answer some questions with one another, just some light questions about what they're talking about. And then you're going to hear from another communicator, and we're going to do the same thing. This is an opportunity to connect with one another, to share, and we're going to be looking at passages in the scriptures that have meant something to us as communicators and share the impact that it's had for the world around us. And so um, I'm excited today because for the very first time, Speaking as a communicator at Humanity Church, please welcome with me Scott Lucas. How's it going? All right. Now I get to struggle with my iPad in front of you. Nathan, Nathan makes it look easy. See, Siri's already mad. Like, what are you doing, dude? Um, so one thing that I have noticed um, personally Right now, we're, we're, we seem to be struggling with a lot of things and experimenting with a lot of things as a culture. Um, smartphones are like 15 years old. I don't know if you knew that. That's, that doesn't seem very new to me. But like, or that se- They seem like they've been around forever, but that's pretty new. I mean, social media is like pretty young. It's younger than that. Like, we kind of don't have news anymore. Like, the same people who are making Kim, Kim Kardashian lists are the ones that are giving us news now. That's weird to me. So... This, this whole process of experimentation has extended into truth, I've noticed, right? We have left truth, right truth, you're wrong, I'm right, 
my truth, your truth. And one of my favorite phrases, just live your truth. You live your truth. Okay, if you take that the way I wish that you would take it, that would mean you would actually think about your life and you would go, what is true? What is going on in me? What's going on in my heart? Do I like my job? Am I depressed? What do I really want? What am I not being honest with myself about? Most of the time we say that, we say, just be comfortable. You got it. Live your truth. You do you, boo. I'm going to be over here. You live your truth. And the reason is, if you were to actually take stock, like I never take stock of myself because I find nothing but witches <laughs> that I want to burn. You know, <laughs> I find bad things. I, I find that I'm really just you know, living my life from one meal to another and, you know, like I'm selfish. I, I have all these things about me that I don't like looking at. There's a cost to seeing that, right? It doesn't feel good. And uh, I, remember, <laughs> I remember a time uh, I used to own a brewery. Don't throw anything at me. Um, but <laughs> uh, I don't have it anymore, so maybe the Lord took it away. But um, uh, we used to have excess ingredients, stuff like that, so I would put, you know, here are some ingredients we have for sale to like our trade group. It's like 50 other breweries on an email list. I had some really desirable ingredients. Threw it out there. They're for sale. Here's the price. And someone responded to that email. And they CC'd me. And they didn't mean to CC me. Can you see where this is going? Okay. They didn't, they didn't want me to know what they were about to say. So what they said was, this brewery is a bunch of clowns. They have no idea what they're doing. I would not trust you to buy these ingredients from them. And this guy is, is, a, is probably some home brewer who has no idea what he's talking about. Okay, so I had my reaction, which was pain, <laughs> and that sucks. And then I did what any sensible person would do. I wrote him back. And I was like, what's up, bro? No, I didn't. What I did write back is I said, how did you arrive at this opinion of me? Have you had my, my product before? Like, have you been to our tasting room? Like, what happened? Why do you feel this way? And you know, there was a lot of backpedaling and back and forth and sorries, and I didn't know. And, but I was like, no, tell me why you feel that way. Because now I need to know. I need to know what you're saying and why. And it was a reflection of, you know, I'm like, who else feels this way? Right? So it was really hard to hear. But he gave me some feedback. I actually took that. We made some changes as a company that I thought were positive, kind of based on that. There was other stuff in brewing, but that was like the moment where I was like, we got to change some things. Because if this is what this one random dude thinks, how do we know? And he's never even had our stuff. How do we know what, our, what we're really putting out there in the world? Um, Proverbs 27.6 says this. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. So is that the behavior of a friend, what that guy did to the email? No. Is that nice? Do you talk, talk about someone like that and say something you'd never say to my face? But I shifted my perspective by responding to him and just saying, well, what did you, what did you mean by that? What can I learn? And in that moment, according to this scripture, he became my friend because he gave me information that I needed that was hard to hear. It did not feel good to receive that in the moment <laughs> at all. Trust me. Uh, but in that moment, I also, the Lord spoke to me in there and said, you handled that with nobility. Like a king. And trust me, I have another story in a minute. The Lord doesn't talk to me like that often. <laughs> so I was floored 
Because he was, he was referencing King Jesus, who always goes to the heart of the matter, right? <laughs> he always gets right in there. And what I noticed in that moment, we all avoid truth, even if it's good. Have you noticed that? If, I, if I'm going to say, like Josh, like he's a friend of mine, if I were to just tell him how much he means to me, we would both get super uncomfortable, right? Even if I'm like, I love you, like, you know, and I were to say something nice, it's because the cost is knowing. Before you could lie about what might be, you could make up something that might be better or worse. The payment is usually comfortability, but what you're buying is closeness, intimacy, friendship, okay? If you want to stay comfortable, live your truth. Say goodbye to intimacy. It cannot come near you. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. Okay? It's hard. It's a hard truth. Um, there's this, I'll tell you this quick story from Jesus was approached by these religious leaders who had caught a woman in adultery. How they caught her, we don't know. Um, but they're like, hey, according to the law, we can throw rocks at her until she dies. And Jesus is like, um, any of you who have not broken the law, go ahead. You can throw the rock if you've never sinned. Like, go for it. You have every right. And one by one, they drop their rocks. They walk away. Jesus says, hey, has no one left to condemn you? She's like, nope. And he's like, I don't condemn you either. Go and sin no more. Now, <laughs> those people that dropped the rocks, they weren't like, dude, Jesus just dropped knowledge on us, son. Like, yeah, dude, let's go. I'm going to go read my tablets more. Like, they weren't happy. They were mad. This wasn't fun. That was not good. And they're like, he's an enemy. See that? He's an enemy because he spoke truth to me. Didn't make me feel good. Right? This culture where we're at now, how common is that? Discomfort is the worst thing you can give someone in our current environment. Does that sound like, according to this scripture, like a friend or an enemy? So <laughs> here's, a, here's a fun story. I, um, I was able to get some unemployment money after I lost the business. I thought I could not because I owned a business. Long story. I was super stoked. Then it got extended after we, like, my wife and I were planning. I have income now, like, but it was just, it was sketchy. So I was thankful for it. Thanks for the money gun. But um, it, um, in that moment, I got this renewal that I didn't know I was going to get. So I was like, I'm going to buy myself something and not tell my wife. <gasps> right? And all the spouses said, boo. Uh, and so that's what I did. So I bought something. Hundreds, not thousands, but hundreds. And uh, I, was, I got away with it for a couple days. Then um, our, we have a, a young child who's almost one years old. And so normally we take shifts coming here in person and staying home so we can have a nap. So it was my turn to stay home. So I'm with the baby. My wife is here, like here at, at the Humanity Church. I'm at home in my office. I got the YouTubes. I got the lights low. I got my worship. You know, I'm ready to just like, yeah, I'm going to worship you, Jesus. And the Lord totally ruined my worship experience, <laughs> which I'm like, what are you doing? I'm trying to worship you. What are you, you know? And he was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, whatever I want, you know, what do you think? And he's like, if you'd lie to your wife about buying that, what else would you lie to her about? Uh, 
corazón espinado. Okay, hurts. That hurts. So, <laughs> that hurts. That hurts so bad. That hurts so bad. I can't even tell you. I couldn't wait for Katie to get home. And I just like, I'm so sorry about a bunch of stuff and I didn't tell you about it. And I, you know, because I couldn't wait to get the burden off because I knew. Now, was God being an, uh, a friend? Yes. That hurt. That's what it's like with God. He always speaks the truth and it never gets easier to hear. No matter how long I've been walking with him, <laughs> it's hard. But he loves me way too much than to leave me as that gross, greedy dude that would hide stuff from his wife just so he can buy a little thing that makes his life a little easier. And you know the worst part? When I told her what it was and what it was for, she's like, oh, we could have got that. My wife is a good woman. One day she'll realize I'm a bad man. But um, he, there are so many times where, you know, we, we have these... I'm telling you these examples because I'm sure all of us could think of a thousand examples of where you've kissed someone when you shouldn't have and where you have been kissed where you should not have been. Do you know what I mean? In the context of this, I'm not physical, you know. <laughs> but, you know, there are times where you have been afraid to wound someone because you don't want to make them uncomfortable because live your truth. You do you, right? You don't want to bring it up. And it's a funny thing to say that we kind of all need to leave here willing to wound, you know. That's like, that's like the, you know, a good takeaway, a good clip. But you have to value the love you have for someone more than you value their comfort. And you have to value your, the love that others have for you more than you value your own comfort. Um, Jesus, uh, in, he demonstrated this struggle, I think, and um, he's about to get crucified, which that is not fun, and he knows it's coming. But not only that, Scripture says that Jesus was bearing our sins. So I don't know what that feels like, but I doubt it's, like, rad. Um, it probably sucks. And in Matthew 26, 39, it says, And he went a little beyond them, he was with his buddies, and he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My Father, if it is possible... Let this cup pass from me. Like, I don't want to, if I can not do this, let's not do this. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. And this is a physical demonstration of God being willing to face something. And his, what he was facing was a very painful death, right? But he was, he was looking towards the love he had for us on the other side of that decision, he was willing to actually go through, all right, Lord, this is what you're putting me through. I'm willing to face it. That's a physical example of, of this, this deep truth. Because how many of us hate someone so much that you're willing to leave them right in their stuck place? You might not think of it that way. How much do you have to hate someone to leave them where they're at? And I'm not talking about you saying, like, your breath stank. You know what I mean? Like, I'm talking about something that's maybe you've been hurt by somebody and you've been afraid to say, that hurt me. Because you don't, maybe you don't know how, maybe you don't have the tools to enter in that relationship without getting fireworks going off. Maybe you're afraid because you're afraid you'll chase someone off if you're honest. This is how I really feel about this. But don't fool yourself into thinking that that doesn't cost you too. 
And I would even argue that cost is way higher, way higher. Because guess what you don't get? Friendship. No intimacy whatsoever. It cannot exist. It's like oil and water. If you are not willing to be wounded, in the context of this, please, (laughs) and all you're doing is kissing, you can't have intimacy. You can't have friendship. So what if Jesus didn't confront the hypocrisy in those executioners? What if I didn't respond to the guy in the email? What if God didn't confront the greed in me? What if Jesus thought it was better to be comfortable than go to the cross? See how easy it is to determine the cost after the fact? You can see how much you would lose. You can see how painful your life would be, how, how awful I would be. I'd be a liar. I'd be stuck being a liar because nobody would, would know that I did it to confront me and say, hey, what are you doing? What's going on? And that hurt to hear. But Jesus is my friend, and he loves me way more than my comfort. So we'll put these um, questions on the screen. Where have you been holding back the truth because you're afraid to wound? Okay? That's what I want you to consider. We're going to get in groups of no more than three because we don't have a ton of time. But I want you guys to just get right into this, dive into it. The other question, who in your life needs you to practice um, wholeness and trust? In the context of this talk, what would it look like to stop kissing, speaking in love? And I want you in that second question, maybe think of one example that you can say out loud so that it's real. <laughs> you know what I mean? So... Um, Take uh, take a second, uh, gather into groups right now. Guys, uh, thank you so much. That was really good. Thank you, Scott, so much for that. And yeah, it was awesome. And uh, how many of you are like ready to go have some conversations now? Woo, pumped, ready to go. Well, I'm going to jump into this. I love speaking on this verse every time I get the chance to. And um, I I never understood the concept of having a life verse. Like people would always say, I have a life verse. And I'm like, how do you get a life verse? What does that even mean, right? And I was a little skeptical of the concept until one day I was reading through Exodus and this verse like spoke to me like a passage of scripture has never spoken to me before. And I was like, oh, that's my life verse. Uh, And so I want to speak on that today in Exodus chapter 33, starting in verse 12. Um, But down towards the end is really what I long to live my life by. And this is the moment where the Israelites are being knuckleheaded out in uh, in the wilderness, as they often are, on their way to the promised land. And Moses is having a conversation with God. And uh, God is basically saying, hey, um, I am really upset with your people, and so I'm going to go ahead and give you the promised land. I'm going to send an angel ahead to do all the work. They're going to clear out the enemy, but I'm not going with you because you guys are crazy. Uh, So he's like, I'm going to keep my promise. You're going to have the land. It's going to be free and clear yours. It's going to be everything I'd said, but I will not go with you. And so Moses in Exodus 33, 12 says, Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people. But you have not let me know. Uh, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, "I know you by name, and have found favor with me." If you're pleased with me, teach me your ways, so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. And the Lord replied, "My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest." And then Moses said to him, "If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here." 
How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. I know I talk about this a lot, but one of the things I love studying is anthropology and specifically the anthropology around what makes all human beings the same. What is it that every single human being on the planet has in common? And I've had the, the opportunity, the blessing to travel all over the globe, and it's amazing to see how similar human beings are. Even when you take culture and ethnicity and socioeconomics out of it, there are certain things that we all have in common with one another. And I think it's, it's powerful. It's important to know what makes us all human, what we share in common, because it points to two things. It points to what we are here for. So if if I can look out at the world and say, oh, every single human being has this longing, I know why we're here on the planet, and I know what we're up to. But it also lets me know what God's up to. Because if God has designed every single human being with, with common longings, with common dreams, with common drives, then I can know what God's up to and understand how to interact with him in a way that produces what he's longing to create here in the earth. Like, for example, one of the things that I'm, I know every human being has a longing for is the need to be known and to know others. That every single human being has a longing for intimacy, that intimacy that Scott talked about, to, to be intimately known by another and to be known by one another, and we, ever, we all have that. And so that informs me that part of what I'm here for is to create community, and that God himself is a God about community, and that's what he's up to. He's, he's a God of love and connection and intimacy in the middle of that. One common characteristic that I know every single human being on the planet also has in their life I have never, ever met a human being that after at least a 30-minute conversation, we haven't gotten down to this, is that every single human being wants to make a mark on this world. Every single person. And I don't care who you are and what you may say to yourself about that, we all long to make some type of a difference in this world. We all long to make some type of an impact. We long to have something said of us after we are gone here and now. And I am convinced that every single person has it that we just get better at hiding it or shoving it down or turning down the dial knob on that volume in our heads as we get older. But every single one of us longs to make some type of an impact on the world around us. Now, we know that Moses here is a game changer. We know that because he has several uh, made-for-TV movies after him, right? And so Moses, he, he is just like a, a game changer, not, not just in the scriptures. I mean, when you look at, at, at powerful images throughout history, Moses comes up over and over and over. And what, what made Moses so powerful was that Moses actually got what was going to make a difference in the world, Moses actually got, this is what's needed to make my mark on the world. See, here they were, headed for the promised land, about to step into this space, and God was going to give them everything that he had promised. The land of milk and honey, flowing with, like, everything that they needed. It was going to be perfect for everything that they had longing for. And they were headed there, and God basically says, look, I'm going to send an angel. He's going to clear out the space. You're going to take it. You're going to live long and prosper. It's going to be amazing, and I have no intention of going with you because I'm done. Like, I'm done. So I will fulfill my promise, and then I'm over. Now, here's the interesting thing, is that if you're anything like me, Moses, or Moses, Moses could have easily said, okay, so the deal's not off, right? Right? You know, like, like so, so, so we're still going to get the promised land, cool, right? Like, we're still going to get what you promised. Okay, okay, as long as we get the promised land, we're good. You can do whatever you need to do. I just want to make sure that I'm going to get mine. I'm going to make sure that my needs are met. I'm going to make sure that we're taken care of in the middle of all of that. 
But Moses understood something that so many of us miss when it comes to this dynamic of, of the life that we long to live and the impact that we long to make on the world. He says this, this, this powerful statement. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and your people unless you go with us? What will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the earth? See, what Moses understood was that you could have all of the rewards of the promised land. You could have your wildest dreams met here in this life and miss the one thing that actually changes everything, and that's the presence and the power of God moving and traveling with you. See, because I actually wonder how often we settle for the blessings of God, that we settle for the things that God wants to give us, that we seek his hand and we fail to actually seek his face, his presence, him moving with us. And see, I think that this is the great differentiator of all of the great women and men of faith in the scriptures that we read about is that they understood that the tangible blessings of God would actually never satisfy in the way that the presence of God would satisfy every single time. That God could come in and he could give you a new career, he could fill your bank account, he could fix your family, he could change your reputation, he could even give you better health. I mean, and all of that could have happened, but David understood it better than Moses. He said, better is one day in your presence than a thousand elsewhere with everything else that I could imagine. With everything that I dream of, it is better to just have one day with you than a thousand with everything else that I say I want. But here's the thing that's so powerful that Moses understood, and this is what he says. He says, what will distinguish me from everyone else on the planet if your presence does not go with me? See, because he understood that with you, God, I am set apart. I am unique. I am holy. That's what that word means, to be set apart, unique, distinct from everyone else. And he says, look, when your presence is with me, everyone can see that. Everyone gets that. There is a massive difference between me and everyone else on the planet when you move with me, which empowers me to move in this world in such a way that I can make my mark in the most powerful, profound way around me because I have the full power and presence of God moving in me, around me, and through me. And that was the differentiator that Moses understood. See, because holy and set apart is what we are when God's presence moves with us. See, so often we think that evil is the opposite of holy, that if there's like polar opposites, on one side would be holy, on the other side would be evil, but there's actually something far worse on the other side of holy. It is not evil, it is common. See, because even when you're evil, you're making a mark on the world. The opposite of holy is apathy. It's common. It's ordinary. It's plain. It's living the American dream that we all have settled for at times. And this is the opposite of what God has called us into. See, without the power and presence of God moving with you in this life, you are indistinguishable from all the other people on the face of the earth. And that was Moses' greatest fear. Not that he wouldn't get to the promised land. Not that he wouldn't have his wildest dreams met. Not that he wouldn't die and survive, survive this horrible wilderness experience, his greatest fear was that he would be ordinary and that his life would be defined by the common. See, without the power and presence of God, your only option is to view this life as a fight for limited resources. 
Your only option in this life is to see others as either a threat or a competition. Without his presence, you are left to blindly figure out relational dynamics around you that move forward. Without his presence, you are stuck in bitterness and resentment from the past. Without him, you are defined by your brokenness. Without his presence, you will never, ever, ever be able to make the mark that you were designed and made to make on this world. You will be stuck in ordinary. And what Moses says in this is basically saying, look, I do not want the promised land without the promise maker. I have no intention of having your blessings without having you, the one who blesses, moving forward with me. Because if I do not have you, I would rather die here in the desert with the presence of God and and let the whole world know that you are with me than have everything that that the world longs for and be known as ordinary. Because that was his worst fear in this moment. See, this passage is an invitation to recognize what matters most in this life. That the longing to make the mark on your family, on your friends, at your workplaces, with your careers, with your resources, with everything that is in you, that drive that says, I'm here for a purpose that can only be actualized when the presence of God travels with you into the future, and when you recognize that the power and the presence of God is the thing that makes the difference. It is in that space, in relationship with him, that you are set apart, that you are holy, that you are made unique in that space, and you can no longer settle for ordinary. He won't let you. But then he will also give you everything you need to step into that space, But it will require you being willing to step courageously into being distinguished from all the other people on the face of the earth. To no longer settle for ordinary, but to step into being the extraordinary gift that you were designed to be made for the world as you connect to his presence. Because when the spirit of God moves with you, you will be distinguished from everyone else on the face of the planet. And so today, I want you to consider these three questions. Where have you been settling for ordinary in your life? Where are the arenas where you've maybe given up or just said, hey, this is enough or this is, this is more than I can handle on my own, so I'm just going to settle here? So where have you been settling for ordinary? What might you have to give up in order to step into God's presence and to him to move into your life? And what might have, you need to start up to have God start moving in your life in a powerful way? Hey, thanks for joining us on the Humanity Church Podcast. We hope that this was a meaningful experience and we look forward to connecting again next week for another conversation around what it looks like to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope. Again, for more information about Humanity Church, you can visit us online at humanitychurch.com. And if you want to support the ongoing work here at Humanity Church, including this podcast, you can give online in about 10 seconds by texting the word Humanity Church, one word, to 77977. Thanks and have an amazing week.